Thanks for listening to the weekly teaching podcast for City Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. It is our desire to be a Jesus-centered family on mission. If you live here in Knoxville or are ever visiting the area, we'd love to have you with us at one of our Sunday gatherings. You can find out more at citychurchknox.com. If you're interested in giving financially to help us reach more people in our city, you can give easily at citychurchknox.com give. And finally, if this teaching is helpful to you in any way, we'd love to hear about it. You can email us at info at citychurchknox.com. With that being said, here's this week's teaching. Thank you, Brandon. Good morning, everybody. It's pretty good. Uh, my name is Eric. If I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, uh, I'm a pastor in training here. Um, yeah, if I haven't had the chance to meet you, I would love to do that. If you want to come up after or you just want to come grab me sometime, that'd be great. That's great seeing all these people. We went for a few weeks when all the students were gone where it was like only down here and there were spaces and it, this is way less awkward. So it was great. Thank you guys for being here. Um, so if you're just now joining us, um, we are a few weeks into our series called Formation. Um, so it's a series where we have been talking about how our habits uh, actually um, help us look more and more like Jesus, or they can have the adverse effect as well, right? Over time, our habits develop us to be certain kinds of people, is what we've been talking about. Um, so last week, Kent talked about this idea of digital discernment. Uh, it's this uh, idea where uh, he walked us through some of the effects of what he called digital addiction uh, in our lives, specifically the effects it can have on our relationship with Jesus. Um, he also talked specifically about the impact it can have on our ability to discern what God's will might be in our lives. Um, before that, we looked at uh, what we called the harm of hurry in our lives. Um, so it kind of how the, how the way most of us as Americans structure our lives, uh, it, it directly interferes with our ability to find rest in God. Um, so... Uh, talking about how, how we need to structure our lives in, in such a way that we can actually truly rest. And so today, uh, in the theme of rest, we're going to be talking about what the Bible says is just ground zero for doing just that. It's called the Sabbath. Um, so if you've been around church much at all, uh, odds are pretty good that you have heard about the Sabbath. Uh, it's talked about all throughout Scripture. It's talked about uh, in the Old Testament, the New Testament, in a variety of different contexts. Uh, some of us know the Sabbath as uh, the day you go to church, right? Uh, some of us know it as the day you can't buy alcohol, or you used to not be able to, and you still can't in some places. Um, but today, what I want to do is, is just construct uh, an understanding of the Sabbath from the ground up based on scripture, right? I want us to look together throughout scripture at what the Sabbath really is. Uh, so I want us to have a broad view, right, of, of all that the Sabbath really encompasses according to the Bible. Um, so usually uh, we will kind of pick a passage or we'll be working through a book and we'll, we'll go through a specific passage and we'll teach out of that. Um, but today we're going to be jumping around a little bit uh, I feel like if we're trying to get a comprehensive view of something, it's good to have a comprehensive view of it. And so that takes going throughout Scripture and, and picking out some different areas where it talks about it. So we're going to be moving around a little bit, but I think you guys can keep up. I think you all, you all can all handle it. Um, so once we do that, I, I think we'll have a, a clear picture of what the Sabbath really is. Um, and then hopefully we'll be able to see that uh, the ways that we can actively be seeking out and honoring the vision of Sabbath that we see in the Bible. Uh, so if you guys will, go ahead and, and pray with me, and we will jump right in. Uh, God, we just uh, thank you so much that we get to, to be here, to, to learn from your word, to hear from you. Um, yeah, I just, I pray that as we continue in this series on rest, that we would be able to, to continue to grow in our understanding of what that is and the, the rest that you describe in scripture, the rest that can be found in you, rest for our souls. Um, and I just pray today that we can all um, just come with, a, with an open mind and an open heart to, to what the Bible says about the Sabbath and ways that we can grow in that and grow in incorporating that into our lives and just the blessing that it can be for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, first thing I want to point out is that the Sabbath is a day of rest, right? It's not just a Sunday morning, like we talked about. It's not just a day where there is rest in the morning, necessarily. Um, 
for me personally, it, re- it honestly can't be a Sunday morning. Um, yes, I get to participate in, in worship. I get to celebrate what God is doing. I get to celebrate God in himself. Um, but because of my role, uh, I'm also working a lot, of, a lot of the day on Sunday, just by the nature of what I do, which is okay. So my day of rest, personally, has to be a different day than Sunday. Um, so we, we've talked before in this series uh, about how our habits change us. So we talked about that at the very beginning, how our, how our habits shape us to be certain kinds of people. And for today, like I said, I would argue that ground zero in terms of habits and, and rhythms in our life for rest is the Sabbath, right? A day of the week devoted to what we've been talking about this entire series, which is rest. So let's talk about some realities of the Sabbath according to Scripture. So first, I would say that the Sabbath is built into the rhythm of creation, right? The Sabbath is built into the rhythm of creation. Genesis 2.2 puts it this way. It says, on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So think for a second um, just about what, how important the Sabbath must be or how important rest must be that the creator of the universe, the creator of the world rested. How important must it be for us then? Right? Because here's the thing. You may know this already, but, but God did not rest because he was tired. Right? God did not need to rest. No, when God rested, that meant that he stopped creating. Right? God looked at what he, looked at what he made, he saw what he made, and he said it was good. Right? He said it was very good. He said... I don't want to do any more. I don't want to change what I've made. It's good. I can rest and I can enjoy it. Uh, so I heard somebody talk about it this way, kind of from the viewpoint of a, a sculptor or an artist, right? So a master sculptor will get to a point in something that they're working on and they will know what they did was good. And they, they know if they take one more chunk of stone out of what they've done, it just, it wouldn't be right, right? Or, or an excellent artist who's made this incredible painting and they get to the end and they know just one more stroke of the brush and it would just be all wrong, right? God saw what he made. He saw what he created and he rested, right? He rested. So um, I don't know if you might be having these thoughts right now, but you may be thinking something like, you know, uh, that's great. I'm just, I'm a really driven person. Right? I'm type A, I like to get things done, I'm sure there's something I can improve on, right? But God rested. Uh, but I've got young kids and they're always going and going, always asking me for something, always demanding my attention, but God rested. My job is just, it's super demanding, I'm really involved, you know, I just, I can't really seem to turn that off. But God rested. Right? He rested because rest matters. Right? If you hear nothing else that I say today, I need you to hear rest matters. And I don't just mean it matters if you're a Christian. Right? I, mean, I mean it matters if you're a human. Right? There are, there's all kinds of data out there that seems to point to the fact that we were actually built and, and made to rest every seven days. Right? For instance, every single society today operates off of a seven-day week, right? So the last time an attempt was made to change that was actually in France in 1793. Uh, They changed to a 10-day week to try to increase productivity. Does anybody want to guess what the result was? Suicide went through the roof in society. Mental illness was everywhere. Productivity actually went dramatically down when they did that. So other studies have found that nearly always rates of productivity tend to taper off and start to decrease uh, right around 50 to 55 hours a week, Um, which coincidentally, or not, I would argue, uh, is just about six days of work, right? So there is virtually no difference at all 
in productivity between those who work 50 to 55 hours a total week and those who work maybe 75 or more. No difference at all. I'm sure some of you are like, can you write that on a note? Like, get it to my boss? <laughs> maybe let him know that. But that's true. Just statistically, that's true. Um, currently, the group of people that leads the nation in average life expectancy is a group of Seventh-day Adventists in Loma Linda, California. So if you're unfamiliar, Seventh-day Adventists are a denomination that takes a Sabbath like really, really seriously. Like that's, it's in the name, right? Uh, Seventh-day Adventists. Um, so Seventh-day Adventists across the board live on average about 11 years longer than the national life expectancy for everyone else. The average life expectancy for, the, for an American. Um, so one doctor was looking into this and pointed out in response that if you count up the time that would, in theory, be devoted to a Sabbath day over the average lifetime of an American, it adds up to about, anybody want to guess? About 11 years, right? So his hypothesis was that for every day you Sabbath, you were literally adding that time back onto your life. Right? So even outside of this particular community, uh, I read a study just last week that showed, it said, quote, long work hours are associated with adverse health as measured by several indicators including cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and disability retirement. So I would say that at least implies to some degree that rest is a vital part of human existence. I could go on because this kind of stuff is really interesting to me, um, but I won't because I think that makes a point. But uh, my point with all of this is, is that there's all kind of data and science streaming at us that our bodies were actually made to Sabbath. You know, it's almost, almost if the, as if there was this creator God who designed our bodies to like function a certain way, you know? It's almost, almost like that. Maybe not. <laughs> We were made not to work every day, not to work all day every day, right? We were made to work hard for six days and then rest, right? Work hard for six days and then rest, right? It's built into the fabric of creation. Now, some of you might be thinking, uh, okay, but my job only asked me to work five days a week. <laughs> Or I only go to class five days a week, or four, or if you were like me, sometimes, um, <laughs> which worked out okay. Don't do that. It didn't, could have been better. Um, so understand here that my point is not that everybody needs to like quit your job and go find another one where they ask you to work six days a week. I am not asking everybody to do that, just so you can get in this kind of rhythm. No, the reality is all of us have work that needs doing outside of whatever our job is, right? Everyone's life has work that needs doing that's not part of your job. So uh, if, you, if you are working, you go to work, <clears throat> or as it is right now, you wake up and then put on a nicer shirt if you have a meeting on Zoom. Um, but we also have bills to pay, right? We have clothes to wash. We have houses and apartments to clean, we've got grass to cut, we've got grocery shopping to do, we've got kids to parent, right? And that could go on and on. Um, I'll say, even though you likely don't get paid to do any of those things, it's still very much work, right? I, I would call it not work, work, which is a little confusing, but it kind of rolls off the tongue nicely, so that's why I said it. Uh, I mean, look, honestly, like some stay-at-home parents, like you'll work 50 plus hours a week by yourself with kids. Like the best payment you get is like more diapers. That's, that's a terrible payment. That's, that's awful, but it's still very much work. So here, uh, I think, is what the scripture uh, is laying out for us when it comes to practicing the Sabbath. I think it would say, Go to work for your four, your five days, or three days, or whatever it looks like for you, uh, maybe a Zoom meeting here and there, and then use the other day or two, if you have it, to get your not work work done, all right? Stuff around the house that needs to get done, errands that needs to be run, all of those things. Use one of those other days for that stuff. No work, 
No meetings after that. You do everything you need to do so that you can cease doing all those things. No errands to run, no cleaning, no grass to cut on that other day. Sort it out to where you have one day where you can just be. And that leads us to, to my next point, that the Sabbath is meant to be noticeably different. Right? The Sabbath is meant to be noticeably different. Take a look with me uh, the next verse in Genesis 2, uh, verse 3. It says, So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So here we read that because God rested on the seventh day, he designated that day as holy. Now, uh, we've mentioned this in, in a previous series, uh, but the word holy can sometimes carry a lot of connotations uh, for people that, are, that aren't uh, necessarily understanding of what, what it really means. So uh, a lot of people will sometimes hear the word holy and they'll think of things like holier than thou, right? The, the way that phrase gets used a lot. But scripturally speaking, uh, the, the most basic meaning of the word holy uh, is just for something to be different, right? Something to be distinct, something to be set apart. Something uh, being holy just means that it is, it is different from other things that are like it. Um, so when God says that the Sabbath day is holy, he simply means uh, that, that this is to be a day unlike every other day of the week. Your rhythms, your activities, your mood, your pace of life should look noticeably different on your Sabbath than it does the rest of the week, right? The rest of the week you can and you should be committed to the work that the Lord has given you, right? Whether you're a student, whether you're a designer, a warehouse manager, an accountant, an engineer, whatever stage of life you may be in, the rest of your week you should be diligently committed to that work, Right? God worked for six days, and then he rested. So on that day, his pace was different. Right? And on the Sabbath, our pace should be different too. So on your Sabbath, I would say you should do your best to do things that you don't do the rest of the week and don't do things that you do the rest of the week. So I'll say that again. On, on the Sabbath, you do your best to do the things you don't do the rest of the week and don't do the things you do the rest of the week. All right, so the word Sabbath means to cease, right? It's, it is a day intentionally not to do the things that you spend the rest of the week doing, right? So if you spend the better part of six days a week uh, answering emails, we'll say, you should do your best to answer no emails on the Sabbath. Turn those notifications off on your phone just to totally remove that temptation. Uh, if you spend six days a week uh, straightening your house nonstop because your kids or your significant or your spouse, your roommate, any of those things just constantly mess it up, right? Do your best on your Sabbath to not do any house straightening on the Sabbath. Get out of your house so you're not inclined to if that helps. If you spend the, the bulk of your week constantly around people, nonstop. You may want to do something by yourself on the Sabbath, right? If you spend the bulk of your week alone in an office or in a cubicle, you may want to do something with other people on the Sabbath. Uh, if most of your work is with your hands, uh, maybe do something more mentally stimulating and less physical or vice versa. Um, something else in this vein that can be incredibly helpful for the Sabbath is creating a do-not-do list, right? So uh, sort of like a to-do list, but it's things that you intentionally do not do on the Sabbath. And I'll say this, your Sabbath is not going to be identical to someone else's, and that is okay, right? For example, let's give a personal example. If you've been coming around for a little bit, you know that generally I play music here on Sundays, um, so believe it or not, I listen to a lot of worship music during the week, like a lot of worship music, which is great, 
It's, it's good. It helps me be able to do the things that I do on Sundays. Um, I know a lot of people who love just taking time on their Sabbath to sit down and listen to worship music while they journal or read or just reflect on what it's saying, and that's awesome. I love that people get to do that. I'll be honest with you, my Sabbath involves very little worship music, very little, and that's on purpose, right? Because sometimes I get stuck in the work mindset that comes with it for me. So instead of being able to rest and enjoy it, I'll find myself thinking like, all right, how could, how could we do this song? What if it's like, if it's just me and an acoustic guitar and some vocalists, how could we change it? Maybe if we had a full band or how could we tag this song with another one or what key should we do this in? And I'm just like running all over the place. And that's not restful for me, right? So your Sabbath is meant to be a day that is distinctly different so that can be an opportunity for rest. And so the next thing I think the scripture says about the Sabbath is that the Sabbath is a day for enjoyment and worship, right? The Sabbath is a day for enjoyment and worship. So built into the story of creation is God saying about everything that he makes that it is good, right? He makes the heavens and the earth, he says it is good. He makes the land and the sea and he says it is good. He forms all aspects of nature and the world around us, and he says, it is good, right? And then right before he begins the Sabbath day, in Genesis 1, verse 31, he says this. It says, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. So implicit in the story of the Sabbath is that it was a day for God to enjoy everything that he had made in the story so far, right? He saw that it was very good. It was a day not for him to work to create, but rather to enjoy what he had already created, what he had already made, right? The Sabbath is a day for enjoyment. This one is important, uh, I think, because if you're not careful, and you can see this happen with different characters throughout the Old and New Testament, the Sabbath can just become a day of don'ts, right? Don't work, don't get stuff done, don't schedule things. All these don'ts that you could come up with. But here, we receive instructions for what we do, right? It's not a don't, it's a do. And it says that we enjoy. And this could legitimately look different for for every single person in the room, right? But how might you personally incorporate enjoyment into your Sabbath? Uh, So maybe what you enjoy uh, more than most anything is just like a a fantastic home-cooked meal that you just work on all afternoon and it comes out exactly like you wanted, right? Maybe you do that as part of your Sabbath. Uh, Maybe for you, there might be one or or two restaurants that you just, every time you go, it's just like a life-changing experience for you. It's just perfect every single time. Maybe, maybe go there on your Sabbath, right? Maybe go to that restaurant. Maybe, maybe for you, uh, especially this time of year, uh, when it's cold and it's been snowing a disproportionate amount, um, maybe enjoyment is just like keeping your PJs on, sitting in front of the fire, reading a great book, right? Do that on part of your Sabbath, uh, maybe for you, it's board games, right? Maybe you, maybe you enjoy sitting with a group of friends and, and just playing through this game for one, two, three hours, whatever it may look like for you, without having anywhere to be, anywhere to go, not being in a rush. Maybe go for that. Uh, maybe it's going on a long walk at one of the amazing parks that we have in Knoxville, right? We've got Suchry Landing down the street. We've got Victor Ash. We've got all these different parks all around where you can go do that. Take some time to do that, right? Maybe for you, it's enjoying some of your favorite wine or a local craft beer or something like that. Maybe it's it's getting together with a close friend at a coffee shop and just sitting and talking with no agenda, right? Maybe, Maybe that's what you enjoy, so maybe do that. The point, the point of this is, is to find things that legitimately bring you joy right? Things that bring you joy to do, and do one, one or two of those on your Sabbath. And as you do them, 
The point here is to allow them to create in you this deep gratitude for the things and the activities and the people that God has made and put into your life. Right? The Sabbath is for enjoyment. Now, if you're anything like me, at this point is when you start thinking, okay, the Sabbath is for enjoyment. I enjoy Netflix. Ergo, the Sabbath is for Netflix, right? A equals B, B equals C, A equals C. It's easy. Uh, so we said at the beginning of the section, the Sabbath is for enjoyment and what? Worship, right? Enjoyment and worship. We get to delight in God's creation. We get to delight in the things that he has placed in our life that are a reminder of his goodness, of his grace, of his love towards us. We get to enjoy his good gifts. Right? James 1.17 puts it this way. I'll put it up on the screen. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Right? So we get to commune with God through enjoying the good gifts that he has given us in our lives, right? But more than that, we get to commune with him through, through reading and meditating on his word and delighting and communicating with him through, through prayer and reflecting on the ways that he's been present in our week and asking him to be present in the week to come. And all that to say, um, maybe Netflix is not a great primary activity, uh, for a Sabbath, sure, maybe watch a, a show or two that you enjoy. That's, that's totally fine. But in general, I would say uh, hours of TV does not really help you be present and in tune with the God of the universe, right? It has a tendency to even make you absent-minded. And the only reason I say that out loud is because of how badly I need to hear it in my own life. Um, and I'm sure if it's that convicting for me, somebody probably feels similar. Um, I also want to mention with some of this, the goal here is not to burden people with, with feeling like you have to add something new into your already busy schedule, right? The goal is to show you the beauty of what we're invited into, right? We said the Sabbath is for enjoyment. Enjoyment, yes, for you here and now, enjoying the activity that you're doing, but more than that, enjoying God himself, right? It's a time to enjoy him through his word, through uh, delighting and communicating with him, to rejoice in the ways that you have seen him present and moving, right? It is rest for your soul. Um, really quickly, I want to address uh, parents of young children in the room. So when I say the phrase communing with God, I think it could probably provoke visions of like this like blissful, meditative silence and stillness and solitude. And all of those words are basically antonyms for young children, just in general. I worked with kids for a long time. I, that's a thing. So for parents in the room, I will say uh, there is some creativity that will have to come with this. And I acknowledge uh, for certain seasons of life, a whole day of communing with God may not be a reality. I do know that. Uh, maybe for you, communing with God on the Sabbath is intentionally just being more attentive to God's activity and God's gifts because you've slowed down the pace of your life and the pace of your week for that day. Um, maybe you set some reminders to spend some time praying and reflecting on what the Lord has done and what he's doing in your life. Uh, it could look like dividing the day up, maybe between you and your spouse, where one of you has the kids for a little bit, while the other one takes time to themselves to, to Sabbath, and maybe you can trade off during the day, right? Maybe it looks like calling someone else from our church family, from your life group, and, and asking them to be family to you and, and maybe take your kids for the day or the afternoon so that you can have time to be with the Lord and rest, right? Family can work together to share burdens and that is not exclusive to biological or marital families, right? 
Um, also from conversations that I've had with different parents, I would say that getting a babysitter for part of your Sabbath is a really wise investment. Right? I'm not talking about the whole day, like I have one day off, I'm just going to pawn my kids off and never don't think about them. Like that's different. Uh, but, you know, obviously spending time with your kids, if you're a parent, spending time with your family, that's a really good thing. And that can be life-giving and restful and something that you can enjoy because odds are you don't get to see them while you're at work. But what I'm saying is incorporating a babysitter into your regular budget can have a huge impact on the time that you get to spend with your spouse and time that you get to spend with the Lord. Right? And I know people are in all kinds of different situations, all kinds of different walks of life, and incorporating the rhythm of rest and Sabbath can seem really difficult. But there are solutions if we're willing to get creative. Um, one last thing on this section before we move on. It is important uh, to remember the purpose of this is rest, right? And we just talked about how the Sabbath is for enjoyment, So I want to make sure it's very clear, uh, there may be things that you enjoy that do not contribute to to rest in your life, right? Just because the Sabbath is for enjoyment does not mean that we have to try to do everything that we enjoy on the Sabbath, because those things could very much be work. All right, I, was, I was just talking with Kent about this this week. He, he very much enjoys uh, writing sermons, researching about future series, reading books about all that stuff, listening to sermons, all of that. And that's great because that's his job. So I hope he enjoys it. But even though he enjoys those things, he, he was saying that those generally are not restful things. Right? They're very much work. They're good things that he enjoys, but there's still work, right? So maybe, let's say you work in IT, right? Or maybe you work, you, you do a lot of coding as part of your job. Maybe you really love reading blogs about coding, maybe updates and systems that are coming down the pipeline, and that's really fun and enjoyable for you, but I would argue that that, that is what we would call a work-adjacent activity. Right? It could be something you enjoy. It's a good thing. But I would imagine it's really hard to separate that from the work that you do, which I would argue means it's probably not the kind of rest that we're talking about. Let's say you're a, a full-time parent or a stay-at-home parent, and uh, you read like parent blogs all the time. You want to see what other parents are doing. You want to see different things that people are trying, all that stuff, things they're doing with their kids. That's great. That may be really enjoyable for you, but I, I would think that at times that's really hard to separate from the work mindset of that as well. So you might enjoy it. It might be a good thing that is actually not contributing to rest on your Sabbath. And everyone has things like this in their life, right? Everyone's might be different. But I think it's really important to think critically when we're considering all of these things, right? When we're considering everything that we could incorporate as part of our Sabbath. Because something you enjoy and try to do on the Sabbath may actually be preventing rest for you. So the next, next thing I think Scripture says about the Sabbath is that the Sabbath is a reminder of who God is. The Sabbath is a reminder of who God is. So for this one, um, I'm actually going to go through a few different passages that all say similar things. Um, we're going to put those all up on the screen for you. Uh, So the first is from Leviticus 19.3. It says, Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father, and you shall keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus 19.30 says, You shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Uh, Ezekiel 20.20 says, And keep my Sabbaths holy, that they may be a sign between me and you, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. So you're picking up on a theme here? So when, often in Scripture, when God commands his people to observe the Sabbath, he follows it with some version of, do this because I am the Lord your God. Right? He's saying, you should participate in the Sabbath because of who God is. 
Well, that's interesting, right? What, what does God being God have to do with us keeping the Sabbath, right? How, how might those two things be connected to each other? Well, I would say that it reminds us of God's authority, right? That, that he created us, that he created life, and that life in general is supposed to function a certain way, and therefore he is the expert on how we should spend our time and how we should spend our days. Right? I think God is trying to show us that taking a Sabbath is a, is a tangible, physical reminder that we are not God. Right? It's a reminder that we are not ultimately in control and God is. It, it forces us to, to, to stay, take a step back and say, if I am removed from everything that I normally do during the week, if I step out of that world, the world keeps spinning and God is still God, right? This is a tangible reminder of where our identity truly lies. It attacks this, this modern notion that we are defined by the sum of our accomplishments, right? I would say Sabbath is, is what we would call an identity-forming practice, right? Sabbath is an identity-forming practice. Like we said before in this series, uh, all the things that we are talking about are not overnight changes with overnight results, right? It is an identity-forming practice, a, a functional, consistent way of teaching yourself that you are not what you accomplish, right? Your worth and value is not in what you accomplish, it's in what was accomplished for you, on your behalf. And, and the Sabbath is, is one way that we're reminded of that truth, and, and we are invited to find rest in that reality. So we know that the Sabbath was built into creation, uh, we talked about that earlier, how God incorporated it into the, into the very fiber of what he made in the creation story. And we talked about how the Sabbath is meant to be distinctly different, a day for enjoyment and creation and enjoying God himself, and it, it's to remind us of who God is and our standing with him as followers of Jesus. Right? The, the practice of Sabbath, uh, it, it might seem pretty straightforward, right? And to a certain degree, it is. The, the, the practice of Sabbath, I would say, is, or an important thing we have to remember is how intentional Sabbath is, right? All of these aspects of the Sabbath are intentional acts that we're doing, right? Sabbath doesn't just happen to you, right? It's something you have to go out of your way to do. Um, most of my life as a follower of Jesus, uh, any time that I have thought about Sabbath, uh, the tangible thing for rest in my mind that I go to is uh, exclusively physical rest, right? I would think or I would say things like, oh, man, I'm just really tired. I should Sabbath, right? Which roughly translates for me to like, you know what? I, just, I don't want to go to work today. I, would, uh, I think I'm just going to take several naps and watch some mindless shows, and then I would just reap the bounty that is Netflix and Hulu, right? That was Sabbath in my mind. And that's really easy for me to do. Well, not the not going to work part, unless I take time off for, you know, that's for you to take up with your boss. But uh, it doesn't take any effort for me to do those things. There's no intentionality, right? Next, Netflix just autoplays the next episode. You intentionally have to stop it. Like, there's no intentionality to just letting it roll. That's not what scripture is talking about, right? Is physical rest good? Absolutely. You, you need it to be a functioning human. Please, get physical rest. But the Sabbath is so much more than that and, and also so much more intentional. And hear me say loud and clear, it is not always easy. Often it is, I would say more often than not, it is not easy. I struggle with this consistently in my life, 
I am, I'm constantly tempted by, like I've said, shows and movies and specifically my phone, like Kent was talking about last week, right? So I am preaching this to myself as much as I am to any of you. But like we've said this whole series, this is about intentional habits, intentional actions. Habits are hard to form, right? Some habits are even harder to break. But in order to make room for these new habits, it's something that we can put in that work for. It is hard, but it is worth it. So we've talked throughout this series uh, about our practice guide. Um, So it's something that we have put together to try to be just a helpful tool to aid in the process of incorporating rest as a regular rhythm of your life. It's not exhaustive by any means, uh, but it is meant to provide just some starting points for all of us as we work through this series. Um, So this week in the practice guide, if you haven't gotten it already, it's on our website. You can go and get the PDF for it. Um, This week, we are challenged to start with a rhythm of Sabbath for five weeks in a row, right? The, the goal is to take one day every week for five weeks in a row that you intentionally don't do the things that you do the rest of the week, the things that you spend your time doing. I would strongly encourage you guys to go and read some of the more specific tips that we have in the practice guide as it relates to this, because as I was reading through it, um, they were super, super helpful for me in kind of starting to build that framework of what that looks like. Um, so you might be thinking, hey, five weeks is a long time. Uh, I wouldn't disagree. Um, but the reason that we want to encourage everyone to start with five consecutive weeks is because... Um, one, Sabbath is, is not, or because one Sabbath is not going to change your life. We said it's not going to be overnight, right? Reading your Bible one time is not going to just completely transform your life necessarily. It's about the habits that we form. So one Sabbath is not going to magically transform everything in your life. But developing a habit of Sabbath in your life very well could. And I would argue that the five-week mark that we just talked about is when we start inching towards that habit-forming territory that we were talking about. And also, uh, specifically for the practice guide, I think uh, some of what Kent talked about last week is going to be super important to try to incorporate as much as possible on those Sabbath days, right? The need for digital discernment parenting our phones or, or other electronic devices. Maybe, maybe for you it's TV, maybe for you it's uh, video games, any of those things that is still involved in our digital discernment, but specifically with parenting our phones. Um, like I said earlier, this is something that does have difficulties and this is something that takes intentionality, right? And I will, I'll be very upfront, it also takes sacrifice. And are there things that you could be doing with that time? Are there other things you could do? Absolutely. Right? Will there be some barriers to making a habit out of this Sabbath that we've been talking about? Yeah, there probably will be. But what we get to experience, that that soul-level rest that comes from communing with the Father far outweighs any of the sacrifice as this becomes a regular habit in our lives. It is so much better than any of the things that we would give up on those days. Now, some of you might be thinking uh, something like, yeah, a regular rhythm of rest and a a day that's intentionally different from the rest sounds great. Uh, My life has no regular rhythms, right? Or or maybe something like, uh, I don't think I'm allowed to intentionally not take care of my children, (laughs) Like there are, there are several laws that I could talk about that uh, actually speak specifically about that. Um, so I absolutely understand uh, that there are circumstances that make a regular rhythm like this more challenging. Uh, there are going to be times where it takes a little more creativity. Uh, for example, if you have younger children, it could look like you and your spouse taking turns, like we talked about, creating space so the other can take space to themselves. Uh, It could also look like taking a Sabbath as a family, 
right? Where you take everyone out of their normal habits and normal settings, right? If you guys spend most of your time inside on the, on the day that you guys have off, maybe, maybe get outside and do something together as a family, as part of your Sabbath. Uh, if you're a student, you have an irregular schedule, uh, a rhythm of Sabbath on a specific day of the week may not be feasible right now as a rhythm, right? So it may take some more intentional planning uh, or, or maybe week-to-week planning for you in order to creatively work Sabbath in as a rhythm of life. Um, we say this a lot here, and I think it's because we think it's really important. I think this is where community can be incredibly helpful as well. Right? You should include your life group, your biblical community this week in this discussion. Right? Pick their brain on, on how you could get creative with a Sabbath day. Maybe even how you can help each other in, in fighting for it and fighting against the temptations that break it. And again, it might be difficult. Right? For example, just this week, my life group guys told me that I had to delete my favorite apps off of my phone right? because of how much time I spend on them. They're not wrong, but it's hard. right? It's difficult, and it hasn't been easy for me. I have opened the wrong app so many times this week trying to open that one. But it has freed up a lot of time. Right? In the last few days, I, actually, I got a screen time report on my phone this morning that said my screen time was down almost 20% in the last three days which made me feel terrible, just so you know. But it's been, it's been good. And I would not have done it if it hadn't been for them. I even told them that I was planning on doing it and then didn't, and they, they called me out on it, and they made me delete it right there in front of them. But more broadly than, than just that, I think we should all be including biblical community in the conversation as a whole. Right? Asking other followers of Jesus to speak into your life to see uh, where you currently are not incorporating the Sabbath. Or get their input on ways that you can be moving in that direction. Get their input on specific things you can be doing or they can be helping you with to incorporate Sabbath as a regular rhythm in your life. Um, as we've said throughout this series, uh, it may sound odd to say that rest takes effort. Um, but it does, and that's not a bad thing. It is a beautiful habit-forming rhythm that we are invited to participate in. It's a rhythm that's built into creation itself, that we get to participate in the celebratory worship of our Heavenly Father. It's this, this physical, tangible reminder of the gospel of what Jesus did for us, right? The gospel tells us the point of life is not what we do. It's not what we accomplish. It's what Jesus did, and that's what we're invited to celebrate. The Sabbath forces us to remember that reality by making one day about enjoying God, about enjoying what God has made, what he's made possible and also in not getting other stuff done, right? We can talk all day about how we believe the gospel. We can talk about that all we want. But the Sabbath forces us to actually put it into practice, right? And that's what our whole formation series is about every year. We want to be people who are continuously growing, to growing in our, in our walk with Jesus, growing in our understanding of God and of Scripture and of the gospel as we try to become more like Jesus and in incorporating these habits and these rhythms into our life. That's what this is for, right? The spiritual disciplines that we talk about are not just tasks that we check off. They're not things that just get a, a, a mark through on your to-do list that you move on. They are habit-forming practices. They shape us into certain kinds of people. And when we incorporate these, these spiritual habits, these spiritual disciplines, it continues to shape us to be more like the person of Jesus. Right? That, that's our goal together, to be able to, to, to rest, to be able to grow, to become more like Jesus, to be able to have our lives saturated with the celebration of who God is and what God has done and what God is doing. 
that we get to participate in that. That is something to celebrate, and that's something that these habits help us do, and those are the kinds of people that these habits help form us into. Right? That's our goal. So let's pray together to that end. God, uh, first, uh, I just want to thank you uh, that part of the, the very fabric of creation, uh, part of our very existence that you started at the beginning of the world was, was rest. Um, that you intentionally designed us and designed our lives and designed your world to be centered around celebrating you, enjoying your presence, asking you to to be more present, asking you to move in our lives, that we would be able to devote time to doing that and and it would help help us celebrate your goodness. It would help us celebrate you and, and be reminded of our identity that you have given us. Um, yeah, God, I, I just pray that uh, in the midst of acknowledging the difficulty of, of changing habits in our lives, especially in a culture that is built around the idea that you are what you accomplish, um, in the midst of those difficulties that uh, we, would, we would be able to find truth in your word, that we would be able to hear truth from you as we, as we commune with you, that we would be able to speak that truth to one another as brothers and sisters, that we would take other people's relationship with you seriously ourselves. Uh, And just, God, thank you so much that we don't have to do any of it alone. Um, We always have your presence with us, but but additionally, we have other people around us who desire to see us grow to be more like you. Yeah, and I I wanna pray that as we, as we work to do this together as a, as a church family, that we would be able to see the beauty um, that is communing with you, that is the Sabbath, that is the, a day, a specific time where we get to step away from, from what is happening in our physical world, that we get to be just, just be with you. Yeah, as we, as we fight for that, uh, God, I, I pray that part of that is that we get to celebrate that together as we see one another growing in those ways, um, that we would encourage each other where we see that, that we would push each other and challenge each other where we need that, where we need that extra push, where we need that extra input. Um, yeah, God, we, we thank you for the gift, uh, the gift of your son, the gift of, of resting in our identity that's in you, as being a, a fundamental part of who we are as humans and as, as your followers. And I pray that we get to just celebrate uh, being in your presence and, and filled with your spirit and um, yeah, that as we continue to grow in this, we would be more and more uh, in touch with you as we invite the Holy Spirit to be active uh, and present in, in our everyday lives. Um, God, and we invite you now that your spirit would move in people's hearts, that that people would be open to hear what it is you had to say to them um, and that you would just help show all of us that, that your way is better, um, that what you call us to is so much better than anything we could create for ourselves. And just, um, yeah, I pray that we can celebrate in that rest uh, this morning and, and going forward. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.